0: Hello, and thanks for joining us on Search for Truth. Today we have the final part of our seven-week series on friendship, and this time Brian's called his talk a model friendship. So, Brian, which example uh, from the Bible might show us this model friendship?
1: Right, John. Well, the one I'm thinking about is the friendship which the Bible records between David and Jonathan. I suggest that we might do well to consider this as a model for our friendships as we come now to our final talk in this present series on friendship. We should say that we are talking about the David who went on to become Israel's greatest king after his early days spent working as a shepherd boy on his father's farm. The event in David's life which propelled him into the limelight, the incident which brought him to national attention, was the time when he alone dared to volunteer to take on the enemy champion, the one known as Goliath. Apparently, it was fairly common for two armies to decide the outcome of a battle by each putting forward a champion to represent them. In such a case, the outcome of that single combat was understood to be binding on all. Really, David shouldn't even have been in the vicinity of the battle at all, being too young for active duty in the regular army, an army in which some of his older brothers had enlisted. David was only visiting them at the time, Bringing some food supplies and hopefully taking back encouraging news of the fighting to his dad back on the farm. But David arrived just as Goliath, the Philistine champion, had issued yet again his challenge to the Israelites. David had seen the fear among the ranks of the army belonging to his people. None of them had the courage to fight single-handedly against this giant of a man who was a renowned warrior. David was only a youngster. But his time in the fields, looking after the sheep, had been put to good use. He'd cultivated a sense of God, developing a personal trust in the God to whom he wrote his personal praise songs, some of which would come to be among the Psalms in the Bible. This trust had brought him through dangerous adventures with lions and bears while protecting the sheep. By faith, David had known God's protection. God's presence was a living reality to this fresh-faced youngster who now appeared among the soldiers and heard the giant's challenge. Such was David's confidence in the God he knew that he offered to go and fight, considering the giant would be just like the lion and the bear which he'd previously overcome by God's help. No one else at that time had such an intimate faith in and personal experience of God as their helper. What happened next is history, Bible history, David, using only a shepherd's sling and a well-aimed stone, defeated the giant and won freedom and victory for all his people. Of course, the then king Saul and his princely son Jonathan were impressed and anxious to have an audience with this new national hero. And so we read in the first book of Samuel, chapter 18, now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as himself. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. David, as we've said, was brought to Jonathan's attention as a result of his heroic victory over Goliath. Fresh from his triumph, David had gone straight into a debriefing session with the king. It's after that that we read of Jonathan making a covenant with David. This was a a truly committed friendship. Right from the start, Jonathan was signalling that he didn't anticipate falling in and out of friendship, in the way that we often see children doing that with each other. It's really interesting that we read of David and Jonathan making a covenant with each other. This was to be the start of a lifelong friendship, a friendship which would not be one of those off-and-then-on-again type of friendships. In this, they set a good example for us. Real friends show commitment to each other in good and bad times. As we said in our first talk in this series, the Bible's definition of friendship is best, and it's this, that a friend loves at all times. It's not a love that's blind to faults, however. True friends, ideally, hold each other accountable. When we do, or when we say, something unwise, we need a close friend to draw alongside us and give us a frank, unbiased assessment which we'll listen to because we know they're on our side. This practice of holding each other accountable is an important part, an important aspect of commitment within a true Christian friendship. With a true friend we can commit to holding each other accountable in serving the Lord. We come to value their objective counsel, even correction at times when necessary. The Bible proverb talks about the wounds of a friend being faithful. That's this idea. A true friend is the best person to give us the kind of straight talking to that we need to receive at times. We can take it from them because of the quality of the relationship, the quality of the friendship that exists between us. A true friend, therefore, will not always be uncritical of us. Now, back to the story of David and Jonathan. Jonathan gave David his robe, as we read a couple of verses later in chapter 18, verse 4. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David, with his armour, including his sword and his bow and his belt. Thinking about that, what, I wonder, should we invest in a friendship? A true friendship, which stands the test, should be as much about giving as taking. We're not thinking so much about time, far less money, but about qualities like honesty, reliability, integrity, and loyalty do i give these gifts to my friends by chapter 20 of the book of first samuel that's a couple of chapters after this david explains to jonathan that he plans to test saul's current attitude towards him by seeing what the king's reaction will be to david's planned absence from a celebratory meal you see by now saul's become jealous of david's popularity and david's continued success He sees him now as a rival for the throne. David asks his friend Jonathan a favour. Jonathan agrees to bring David news of his father's reaction to David's absence from court and to do this by means of a coded message which he interprets in advance for David. Well, here's what happened. Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? "'Jonathan answered, "'David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem.' "'Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and he said to him, "'You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, "'don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse "'to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? "'As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, "'neither you nor your kingdom will be established. "'Now send and bring him to me, for he must die.' "'Why should he be put to death? "'What has he done?' Jonathan asked his father but Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him this episode takes place at a critical time for David Saul has become insanely jealous of David he's jealous of David's popularity and of his evident relationship with God who blesses him with success in all his duties Jonathan puts his friendship with David before any personal ambition of his own now that's true friendship of the highest quality There has to be give and take in any friendship, and there's definitely plenty of giving on Jonathan's part here. Yes, friendship can be costly at times. It may cost us loss of face, or our own reputation, or someone else's favour when we defend a friend against baseless slander. But it'll be a cost worth paying. Just before this time, Jonathan had made David reaffirm his vow of friendship. This is telling us that Jonathan was motivated not by anything he could stand to gain. Actually, he stood to lose any succession rights to the throne he might once have thought he had. But he made David reaffirm his commitment to their friendship by saying, "'Show me unfailing kindness, like that of the Lord, as long as I live, so that I may not be killed, and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family.'" not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Jonathan knew that in David he'd chosen for a friend someone who was going forward in his life with the Lord. When we're looking for a companion with whom to enjoy true friendship and to further our own walk with God, we can do no better than find a friend who's marked out as someone going forward in his or her life with the Lord then all those other qualities revealed in this model friendship will fall into place, like being committed, being confiding, and simply being there when we need them.
0: Thanks for your talk today, Brian, and for the series. Now, if you've been following over the last few weeks, I hope you found the talks helpful. There's a transcript booklet available for this series, which ends today, and it's entirely free, and we don't share any of your details with anyone else. If you'd like us to send you one or more copies, ask for the title, Friendship. You can contact us by email or by post. Here's the address. Search for truth. Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE56LN, UK. And the email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. If you use email, please be sure to give us your postal address in order to send the booklets. Now, you can also find some past programmes and helpful material on our website, which is at www. Searchfortruth.org.uk. So once again, we've really valued your company today. Thank you very much. I hope you can join us again next week for the start of a new series. It's called Four Good Reasons to Believe in God. But until then, it's our very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers, uh, young people from the northwest, and me, John. So, goodbye for now, and may God richly bless you.